Hello and welcome to another episode of the Flat Back Three. We're back in 2023, the first episode of the new year. And I'm joined, as always, by my beautiful assistants, George Turner and Alistair Blackwell. Gents, how are you? And welcome back. Doing well. Thank, thank you, you, mate. Good how stuff. Are you? Good stuff. Yeah, very well. Thank you, Mr. George. Um, Obviously, welcome back to all of our listeners and watchers on YouTube as well. We are going to be covering a few different things today. We are going to talk about some football and then spend a majority of the podcast talking about the state of Marvel and the MCU. But first and foremost, gents, football's returned. The Premier League is back. Arsenal still lead it. Everton look in trouble. Um, what are you thinking? Do you think that much is going to change from before Christmas or do you think that the Premier League table as it is now is pretty much as it's going to stay? Mm. I kind of feel like it's um, almost, it seems like the teams which were doing well before have kind of accelerated a bit and mm. the teams who were doing pretty, like like some of the teams who weren't doing very well kind of decelerated as well. So it's almost like Newcastle and Arsenal are doing really well at the moment. Um, and then, like you got like like said, Everton and that dude doing pretty poor, and um, West Ham. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of stayed the same, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, yeah. well, we'll talk very briefly, George. I, you know, I'll come to you in just a second because I'm very interested to hear your thoughts on Liverpool at the moment. <laughs> Virgil van Dijk's out for a month now. Cody Gakpo mm. has signed since we last spoke. Mm. Lots is going on and not all of it good at Liverpool. No, it's, it's an interesting one. Like You've asked me a few times throughout the season, like, what are your thoughts on Liverpool? And my thoughts are still the same. I, I don't really know what's going on with the team. I mean, Jamie Carragher spoke about uh, I think what was it earlier this week, Monday Night Football? I think when he was saying like there's a lack of intensity uh, from the team as a whole, and when you play with such a high line defensively, there's just going to be so much space in behind, and you know if you don't play with that same intensity, you know you're only going to be in trouble. So I think that's that's the issue we're facing at the moment. Um, people are talking about are we an aging team? I don't know. I, I don't think we are. We're um, our squad uh, age, the majority is like 28, 30. It's still pretty young, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be an interesting end of season. I think there's like six or seven teams that could easily get into the top four. So I think it's going to be really a really entertaining finish. Yeah, and Aston Villa are on the up, Alistair, as well. Things looking very good for them. A win at Tottenham at the weekend, playing pretty well. Um, mm. Yeah, you must be really happy since Unai Emery came in. Yeah, like the stats speak for themselves, don't they? So, um, you know, he's won four, lost two, drawn one. So, um, yeah, he's doing really well. It's still, I always say it with every team who has a new manager, like it's always great to get results at the start, but it's never the, you know, it's never exactly what, you know, any time that a manager wants to embed a theory and, a way of playing a style of play like it still takes longer than that but um but I think yeah it's kind of having that month's break with the World Cup has helped him kind of do that a bit more with the players obviously yeah what two or three Villa players who went out um into the World Cup so um we had a majority of the squad there but um but yeah so it's great and you know you can see that there's a 
you know, different style of play and and just a more positive, optimistic kind of approach um, mm. where going into games and even if we concede like against Wolves, we're still in it where we get a goal back and we could have won it, should have won it at the end. But um, yeah, like, you know, good results against Tottenham. I think that was the thing which I did speak to a few people about, like, it's great to get the result against Tottenham, but can you follow up with a result against, you know, a Wolves team who aren't doing very well? Bit of good form now, but generally they were second in the bo second bottom. So it's like, yeah. those are games where you want to follow up that Tottenham game with another win. And then that's the difference with teams who are going to do well, where they get momentum and actually carry it forward. And luckily we got the draw, so that was good. But um, yeah, like we've got two or three games now where we're playing like Southampton, Leeds and someone else. And yeah. it's like actually, lot you know, good games where we could pick up points. So um, games to go and win. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it's exciting. It's exciting. Looking forward yeah, to it. Yeah, it is. It is exciting because I think that a lot of the Premier League, and I know we talked about this, George, um, in a bit more depth previously, like me and you off camera, um, that the Premier League's not really piquing our interest at the moment. I just, it happened with me last season. It's happening again where I just think that, I don't know, the entertainment value of the Premier League starts to wear off a little bit as the season goes on with so many games available to watch and so many teams that are doing what you expect with Liverpool um, and, and Tottenham sort of being the exception this year. Um, looking at teams like Villa, it's really exciting to see them doing well. And um, the same for clubs like Fulham, who are up in seventh as of this weekend, which is absolutely incredible for them. Um, but what is your expectation, Georges, of Liverpool's season? Do you think they will make the top four? Or do you think it's one of those where it completely depends on the recruitment in January? Because there are rumours that a midfielder might be incoming. Mm. Really good question. Um, do I think they will make the top four? Because I um, don't. I... I think they're going to come so, fifth. Especially with so United as well. Yeah. Yeah. What was that? United got a good bit of form at the moment. I'm yeah. Nice. I, was just I feel like the most informed teams are obviously United, City and Arsenal. Sp for some reason, I don't know how, but Spurs keep, I don't know how they are, like fourth or third or whatever position they are. Because like, <laughs> they seem to keep getting results, even though paying, playing so poorly. Mm. So, I mean, they're up there. I, I think, oh, I was just about to say, I think we might be better than Chelsea in terms of our finishing position. You can't I don't know. Graham Potter's starting to play really good football with Chelsea. And I didn't watch the game, but apparently uh, Chelsea had played well last night against Man City, even though they did lose. So, and then you've got Newcastle. So I don't really know. I don't know anything about Liverpool at the minute. <laughs> yeah, I, I just look at Liverpool at the minute, the way they're playing and the squad. And I just worry that, I, well, I don't worry because it doesn't bother me that much, but I just, I don't think they're going to make the top four. Um, yeah. I look at it's Arsenal, Man City are guaranteed. I don't see Newcastle going. See, I see Tottenham or Chelsea or Man United going on a worse run than Newcastle for the rest of the season. Uh, Newcastle looks solid as a rock at the minute, and I don't see why they would suddenly start losing games. Um, yeah. yeah, I just think Liverpool have got too much to do, and their squad is not necessarily as good as it needs to be in certain positions. But then if they recruit someone, then that might change. But then who do you get? Like, it's always that same question. Who do you go and get in January that can make a difference at a top club? 
it's yeah. not but Cody Gapo will be interesting I know George you said there's you know you haven't seen much of him um but he looks a decent player from the World Cup um Alistair I saw today that is it Jordan Archer has gone on Cameron. loan to mid Cameron Archer's gone on loan to Middlesbrough so that's the young striker that you rate really highly out of the yeah. club is there anyone that Villa should or need to bring in in January um I don't think there's probably a specific area. Do you know what? Like, I'd say, if anything, um, we need to just add quality, generally mm. speaking. Um, but maybe if I was to pick a position, I'd probably say striker. Um, okay. Just because it's great having Ings. Like, Ings is on some good form at the moment. Um, he scores goals and he scored you know, four goals and last X amount of games as well. So really good. Watkins is a difficult one because he's a striker. He's meant to score goals and that's what you judge him on. But he does, his work rate is excellent. I remember watching Tottenham game and yeah. it was amazing. Like, you know, it was superb against Spurs. I watched that. So, you know, it's, it's difficult because you've got that element and it's like, all those things you can't just ignore. But at the same time, if he's a striker and he need, he's there to score goals and he's not, it's like, well, that's, you know, you're not doing it. So um, it's tough. But I think, you know, we would benefit from having a striker who does score goals more regularly. It would help us in terms of winning more games and being more clinical in front of goal. Um, so that was probably what I'd say. But generally, just better quality players to challenge these players, I think is just what we need really. Um, So, yeah. But going back to like, quickly going back to like Liverpool, like the Cody Gakpo one, in my opinion, is like great. But again, it's another, like to me, it's another attacking player, which is brilliant. But it's like, surely like midfield is like their main priority. And if they're going to get another attacking player, like they're done with like, obviously... Yotta and all of these other players, then it's like it's can't name them at the moment. But um, well, Luis Diaz is another one. Yeah, like and and they are great players and they're doing the the work there. Um, but like you know, you can only have so many attacking players on the pitch, and if you've got loads on the bench, then brilliant. But if you haven't got midfield to hold, you know, solidify the middle of the park and work between defense and attack and that and break teams up, then it's like. I just, I, I just always see at the moment that Liverpool are struggling in midfield and just think that's their kind of position it's to just, really... It's not helping when key players are just on bad form as well, like Fabinho's really struggling this season, who who's normally the first name on the team sheet for us. He's having a really poor season, unfortunately. Uh, Henderson's a year older. Um, yeah, like Alistair said, midfield seems to be the area where we're struggling. Um, Thiago's playing well. But then you've got the likes of Harvey Elliott, Carvalho coming in, but they're like they're 19 and like you know, they're not really experienced enough at that level. Um, so yeah, it's an interesting time. We'll have to see what happens. And Trent Alexander Arnold can't defend a back post to save his life. You know what? It'll be interesting because Trent Alexander Arnold, he was a centre midfielder in in his I was just about to say, I was just about to say, what if you got another right back in? Uh, it's interesting actually. Liverpool signed a right back in the summer and still play James Milner there. Um, like they could just give Calvin Ramsey a run in the team. They signed him from Aberdeen for like two million. He's supposed to be one of the best young right backs 
around, but he's not played yet. So we will see. Might be an idea, just just to mix it up, to see what Why happens. Why not? Well, I mean, you've got mm. Wolves, Wolves tomorrow, is it, or Sunday in the mm. FA Cup? It's a perfect opportunity to experiment. Although they have got the new manager bounce at the minute with Julian Lopetegui in there, so really interesting. The uh, one of the news stories I wanted to bring up really quickly is um, just that apparently Bajitas are looking at terminating the loan of Delhi Alley. Um, like horrendous news for him personally. Um, not a surprise to anyone, really. But what what does he do next? Does he have a career in football left? He got subbed off after 29 minutes last week or the week before. Yeah. So it's I mean, it'll be a documentary, it'll come out in a few years what, what's going on at the moment. Because how can someone have just such a you know a fall off the cliff, you know, such a drop off? In like two, three years. It's it's crazy, really. Um yeah. I don't know if the Premier League club takes a punt on him. I don't see any of like the bottom clubs like a Southampton or uh you know a Nottingham Forest. I don't see anyone like that going out and trying to take him on loan. Yeah. Uh, maybe he goes to the championship. No. Yeah. I, I mean Nottingham Forest spunked how much money a week on Jesse Lingard and he's done absolutely nothing for them this season. I think he's got what one assist. No, he's got one goal, one assist, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting. I like what Nottingham Forest, you would hope <laughs> they don't splurge more money on an unnecessary player. Um, but they're another club that has sort of found some form in recent weeks, which is nice to see. Um, final thing then, really quickly, is uh Lionel Messi is now surely considered the best player of all time. Anybody disagree? No. Do you uh, hear Ronaldo came out the other day and he was like, oh, I had loads of offers from European clubs. I turned them down. Hey. Come on. Yeah, he was he was saying about clubs all over Europe, but none were elite, I think, is what he said. And I just think, wow, yeah. Apparently, all you want to do is play Champions League football, but for some reason you turned it down. I mean, he's gone for money. Let's not pretend he's not gone there for a paycheck as if he needed it. Um, But who cares about Al Nasser? Never hear of Ronaldo properly again. I said to you, George, because we saw each other a couple of weeks, well, last week, um, that's him done in the ether. That's him done in the ether now. And apparently, I read earlier on that Man United might be signing Vincent Abubakar from Al Nasser to replace Ronaldo. <laughs> so that would be great. I love Vincent Abubakar. I think he's well underrated. He can just scoop, scoop that ball as high as he can. <laughs> he's well, He's um, been a good striker for a number of years. He's a very underrated striker in Europe. I'd love to get him into a top club for like the last bit of his career. It'd be great. Better well, than Odion Igalo. Remember when they did that? Yeah. What um? Did you hear this thing about that he's got a thing in his like a clause which says if Newcastle get in the Champions League that he can move to there oh, yeah. yeah and I love that because I like the idea of him sitting down with Eddie Howe and Eddie Howe going nah <laughs> <laughs> I've got Chris Wood actually yeah. like that's the thing like what oh, I just uh, this is why I hate Ronaldo he's got this like um <laughs> Imagine Self- if it's like imagine if it's a crop contract that they've put in, but Newcastle have no idea about it. It's like they've well, just they have no choice. Yeah. They have no choice. Ronaldo <laughs> well, just rocks up to training yeah. and they're yeah. all like, 
<laughs> sitting on the bench for Newcastle. The thing is, like with him, and that's why I don't like him at all as a person. He's got this self-grandizing sort of look upon himself that I am the most important thing in yeah. the universe. And it's like, not everybody wants you, mate. Like yeah. you're you like, yeah, you're 36, and yeah, he's great for 36, but look at how good Messi is. And I showed George this side-by-side side the other day. I should have sent it to you, Alistair. And it was a side-by-side side of Ronaldo holding his Al Nasser shirt and Messi holding the World Cup. Yeah. And it was, and it said, this is the saddest end to a rivalry of all time because yeah. you could not have the biggest polar opposites of achievements at this point in their career. Um, obviously, I think it goes without saying that we all have to sort of pay our respects, give our condolences to the like family and friends of Pele, obviously the arguably one of the greatest players of all time, sort of obviously before our generation completely, but um, an absolute genius of a player passing away, um, I think three or four days ago now, but he was obviously an absolute legend and an absolute genius. Um, yeah, that's a really sad loss for the football world. And we've obviously lost Gianluca Viali literally this afternoon as well. Yeah, yeah I was just about to mention that. Yeah, so our our condolences and thoughts go out to them. And obviously, George Cohen, left back who won the World Cup in 66 with England, passed away, I think, just before the new year, or was it just after? But, you know, again, like we've lost some great legends in the game this week, which is obviously a really sad thing to happen. So our thoughts out to everyone. Um, Shall we talk about the absolute state of Marvel to bring the mood back up? (laughs) Let's do it. So uh, for context for everyone that's listening and watching, um, we have been discussing for some months whether Marvel is still the superpower that it once was. little joke in there for you, pun intended. Um, Marvel has considerably dropped off in quality and has brought together Phase 4 over the last two years, which has com- like sort of composed of various series and films, which many would say, including me, 50% or so were completely unnecessary and weren't given enough time to get to the standard that Marvel had set themselves. But I have a question before we talk about anything in Phase 4, and I was thinking this to myself the other day whilst listening to some other stuff, and they didn't discuss this specifically, which is why I want to do it. Should Marvel have stopped or at least taken a sort of three-year break between Endgame and their next film? 100%. Well, well, hang on. (laughs) Endgame was such a hype, wasn't it? It You know, you're at the pinnacle, aren't you? Such an amazing film and uh, a finale to all these years, you know? Um, Yeah, it's a really hard one because we were all waiting for that next film, weren't we? Well, yeah, but that's the thing. It was, you hit the crescendo with Endgame. That was the peak of cinema ever, I would say. It it rivals the release of Star Wars back in the day. Um, I don't remember, well, it's obviously the highest grossing film of all time. I don't remember there being such a clamour for a film to come out and the excitement around a film ever in my lifetime. And... um, I just think, and I've been thinking to myself over the last couple of days, imagine the hype that there would have been if they had taken two years off and then come back with No Way Home, with the Spider-Man's returning, or they had given more production time to 
Doctor Strange 2, or they had come back with Loki after two years. You know, we go away and then we come back and Loki sets up the whole next phase of the MCU. But I think because they didn't go away at all, it, we couldn't miss them and we couldn't really enjoy the return of it. Do you know what I mean? Because it yeah. never had that time. To, it, it sort of went from here and then immediately went shit can straight to the bottom. Um, Alistair, what are your thoughts, man? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, in a way, like I just thought you can kind of relate it to and probably how you guys are feeling about the football, the high of the World Cup, and then back to normal kind of football again, where it's just very kind of, you know, not as exhilarating in the, you know, you know, like immediate kind of... Uh... Well, knockout, knockout football is more exciting. That's why the Champions yeah, League gets so much success. Exactly. So, but... um. Like, if you stopped the whole MCU endgame, I think people would be disappointed in one way, but, like, they would be like, actually, that's a good point. You could stop it there and it wouldn't be a problem. Like, that would be great and it would be an amazing um, collection of stories and, a ser like, a series of films. Um, <laughs> if you done the three-year thing, like, in a way, you can kind of... You know, all, obviously we're going to talk about phase four and it's essentially a lot of it is filler. And in a way, you can kind of say there is a bit of a hiatus or like a break from the main storyline because of phase four. Like you could almost just ignore everything that's happened or most things and like to a certain extent and go into the next phase and it wouldn't be too bad. Um, but like... I mean, obviously all the characters and that, but my point is like, um, I think it would have been a good idea to have a little break. It makes you appreciate what you've, you know, what you've watched and the the time to just, you know, absorb it all and just. Well, you can also um, and then sorry. go again. Um, but yeah, and, you know, sorry, go on. No, just to step on your toes on the point that you're making there, you would also fantasy book what's going to happen next. So instead yeah. of us being like, oh, we've got this coming, this, this and this, they should have just not said anything and they yeah. should have not done anything for at least 12 months and just gone, right, let your imaginations run wild. And they could have mm -hmm. even just said, right, Marvel Phase 4 will return with Loki in 12 months. And now we're like, well, Loki's gone, but how are they going to do this? And, oh, Kang the Conqueror is supposedly the villain. And they could just drip feed things. But, you know, I love Marvel more than anything. You can see behind me. You guys have seen the tattoos. You've seen all the comics. Um, I will always love Marvel, but I am not enjoying it as much recently. And I know that, George, you've gone back and started the old films again. Um I've, I just periodically go back and just pick a film and just watch them. And it's not been anything from phase four. I've watched one thing from phase four twice. Sorry, I tell a lie. I've watched one film and one series a second time from phase four. Um, and we'll talk about those shortly. But that's the difference to where we were to where we are now. During the Infinity Saga, I would start the Infinity Saga again and again. And like Alistair, when we were sort of seeing each other more regularly when we were living closer and George was in London sort of switch roles now I'm far away how many times would we sit and watch Age of Ultron because we just loved it yeah no, you know I don't like who's ever going to watch Black Widow again I'm literally looking at it right mm. now it's funny because yeah. like it's you know again 
you can just relate it to loads of different things and and the problem that they've got is the problem that a lot of you know industries have where they want to just give as much as possible and it the the issue is it becomes a money thing it's like take a film like taken taken was a really good film taken two and taken three didn't need it it was pretty much dog shit um and but they knew there was an opportunity to get more money so yeah. and it's the same thing where it's like you know it's the the old saying like less is more and stuff like that like we want the quality not the quantity and if they just tuck out like 80 percent of the crap in phase four then it wouldn't be a, an issue but it's like football you get football like premier league fa cup league cup europa league champions league and then but the, the thing is with like and it's great with- but it it decreases the value of football and each tournament and the finals and that when you've got so much of it that it's like, well, it's not as exciting to build. I agree. I agree and disagree with the football comparison just because um, football's not sort of like being forced through. Do you know what? Like Marvel were like, right, we got to get as much out as we can in this period of time to capitalise, whereas football is like, well, the FA Cup, League Cup happen every year. The Champions League happens. Like, the redesign of the Champions League is a good example because they're like, right, more games, more teams, more money. Um, but with Marvel, I just think that at the minute, they've come out, they've realised they've shit the bed with it because they've come out recently and said, right, we're going to go quality over quantity in the next two phases. They know they've made a mistake by throwing so much on Disney+. Plus, Like, my, I know people that have not seen certain things in Marvel and they're like, do I need to see it? And the, do you remember when we were going through the Infinity Saga? I was like, you have to watch everything yeah. if you're going to understand. Mm-hmm. I was talking to someone today about the Infinity Saga and I said, if you are going to watch Marvel, start here and watch all of these so you understand what's going on. Phase four, I'm like, no, nah, don't watch Ms. Marvel. Don't worry about um, like black widow don't worry about this it's like it, it's not that good and you won't enjoy it and it's not that important to the story yeah like mm-hmm. that's where we're at with it and i think that they're so poorly written as well you know we did a live review like an hour after we saw thor love and thunder which again we'll talk about in a minute um the quality of writing has gone down because they're trying to push out so many projects they can't get enough good writers in to write good screenplays to then turn into good movies and they're giving too mm. much trust to people like fuck me taika waititi needs to be taken as far away from the thor franchise as possible after thor love and thunder um because they gave him too much trust and responsibility they need to really crack down on it um and i'm sure i'll get some criticism for this there are agendas being pushed in disney um yeah. I heard a brilliant stat the other day that I'm going to bring up, and this is the thing, and I will quantify everything I'm about to say with, I am all for equality. I explained this to someone I work with who is a strong feminist, and she completely understood where I was coming from because I'm completely for equality, but what's happening in the MCU is not equality. They're just starting to slowly push all of the male characters out of the MCU and making them look like twats on the way out. If you think Mm -hmm. about where Thor was in Thor Ragnarok, how he had become Thor, the god of thunder, didn't need his hammer, he was the most powerful character in the MCU, he killed Thanos, essentially, before Thanos got away. In Thor Love and Thunder, he's a bumbling idiot who can't even fly anymore because he's in love with his old hammer. 
that's where we're at. Mm. Um, She-Hulk made every male character look like a complete fucking Muppet. Um, and it happens all the time. Um, this was the stat that sort of made me think, well, I'm not coming from a place that is just my ignorance. It is a real thing. In Phase 4, Marvel introduced 15 brand new male characters, five of which were killed off. So there were 10 new characters introduced. There have been 47 new female characters, none of which have been killed off. Wow. So there's the disparity in what's happening with the MCU. And like I say, and we have said on previous podcasts, so you know, you can go back and listen. If a female character is introduced and written well, I am all for it. But what they're doing at the minute and just putting them in where they can, they just don't need to do it. No. And let's let's sort of approach this, not, you know, not to sort of say there's an agenda against men in the MCU, but treat the characters with some respect and let there be you know let the male characters be the lead in their own films i think also to doctor strange and the multiverse of madness who's the main character in doctor strange and the multiverse of madness wanda you know it's it's like the whole story is about wanda and america chavez doctor strange is a side character in his own movie think about moon knight Moon Knight shares the spotlight with the Scarlet Scarab. Think about Loki. Mm. Female Loki gets as much, if not more, screen time. It's not a thing to say, like, you know, we're not saying there shouldn't be any women characters. I'm just saying that it's starting to become really obvious what they're trying to do. Um, mm. Me and George had this conversation. George, you think you're in agreement with that as well? Yeah, absolutely. And Alistair, I think you were? Yeah, I think like I completely I, I agree with those points. Like we're not yeah. trying to discriminate or anything like that. No, not at all. It's just the way they're doing it is just yeah, forced. It's just like it's like flick of a switch. Here are all the women, and it's like yeah. okay, that's fine. Again, and and I've said this before. We've said it on another podcast. Well written female characters, absolutely fine. Captain Marvel, I quite like. I I think she gets a lot more criticism than she deserves brie larson um the scarlet witch character has been brilliant since she since she was introduced in the mcu black widow i like yelena as the replacement for scarlett johansson mm -hmm. as well florence Pugh's character i actually like sylvie the female loki because they're well written it's the others that are just being crammed in i mean like we'll talk about black panther wakanda forever oh my christ um we'll review it a little bit because we haven't talked about it since we all went to see it but let's let's do what we were going to do we were going to go through phase four project by project and sort of rate it out of five so you can join in if you're listening along and think what you would give it so one is absolutely terrible uh i think i've got the descriptors of what i said here one is terrible and you would get rid of tomorrow and just not have it in the mcu five is perfect it's absolutely fine as it is leave it in the main timeline um two it needs major changes three it's fine it's not great but take it or leave it four is yeah it's pretty damn good but it's not perfect and we're going to sort of rate them out of five and it's just our personal preferences so let's start from the start <laughs> WandaVision. So WandaVision obviously introduced us to, and this is the other thing about the MCU at the minute. I'm going to go off on a tangent now. Me and George were talking the other day, Alistair. How many storylines are there ongoing in the MCU at the minute? It's absolutely crazy. Because yeah. you've got, mm. like, where's White Vision? You've got Wiccan and Speed, the kids of Scarlet 
Scarlet Witch, you've got Scarlet Witch, you've got America Chavez, you've got Wong as the Sorcerer Supreme who then sprang Abomination out of jail, you've got She-Hulk is still out in the universe, you've got all the heroes that were in her therapy session, you've got the leader of the Time Variance Authority, the female character, I can't remember her name, but she sort of disappeared and said she was looking for answers. You've got Loki in a different universe. You've got Ant-Man and the Wasp coming out and they're interacting with a version of Kang. You've got Falcon and the Winter Soldier setting up the US agent and the Thunderbolts. And you've got obviously Black, um, not Black Widow, sorry, Hawkeye doing exactly the same. You've got Kate Bishop's Hawkeye character and Hawkeye like training together. We don't really know. Um, there's so many things going on that haven't been connected or haven't been touched on. And one of the main ones is the the big tease at the end of the Shang-Chi movie was that his bands were sending a signal to don't know where from don't know where, and it's never been touched on again. Um, and just to add, make a point, Toby, how many, how many uh, storylines are there before phase four? One. One. There are. One. And that's, but there are, the splinter stories that help you get there, such as who is, where is the Winter Soldier? Um, what are we going to do about the Sokovia rights and things like that? Uh, sorry, the Sokovia Accords and things like that. But they are part of the bigger story and everything is always arriving at Thanos. Mm -hmm. Now we've got, it's like that meme of the guy from Always Sunny that's got the board and he's like, with all the like wires going all over the place um yeah. because there are so many storylines just out there in the ether at the moment um but to go back to one division <laughs> um it introduced obviously like white vision it introduced us to wiccan speed agatha harkness and sort of showed us what had happened to vision after endgame after infinity war and where Wanda was mentally and what that led to with her becoming the Scarlet Witch reading the Darkhold. There's another character. Um, what's her name? Monica Rambeau, who became Photon at the end of the series. So you've, you've got that aspect oh. of it as well. Yeah, I know um, what you mean. Yeah. So there's a lot going on in this series. It was, I think, for, if I were to give my perspective really quickly before my rating, I thought WandaVision was absolutely phenomenal for four out of eight episodes, and then it fell off a cliff right towards the end. I thought it was a terrible ending. Mm. Um, but what did you guys think of WandaVision, and what did you rate it as out of five? I went um, a four. I liked WandaVision. Um, I wouldn't say it was like, for me, I'm, obviously it's easy to base a lot of them for me on like a three to go from there like for me WandaVision wasn't just oh it was good to be there but just not you know anything more um I liked it yeah I liked the kind of aspect of um I don't know yeah just I, I overall it's been a long time since I've actually watched it and I haven't rewatched it to be fair um but generally speaking I thought it was good um I liked the concept and um I liked a lot of the characters which were in and around it so it just yeah i again another thing for me is i wanted to watch each episode so especially going further in like initially i was a bit like skeptical black and white and it was like oh what's going on and really you know back in the early uh what 20th century in that and um but like yeah no it was good i gave it four and kind of stand by that really so yeah yeah ah perfect george what did you give it because uh 
you know, I will give my opinion in a minute. I'm not as high on it as Alistair, but I know that you enjoyed the start of it, especially when it was the the black and white and a bit more dramatic and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I gave it a three. Um, but yeah, same as Alistair, to be honest with you. I, I really like the, and yes, he's mentioned there, I really like the, the black and white um, side of things at the beginning. It was a really different take. Um, obviously, we've just had the end of phase three with Endgame and stuff, and suddenly we've got a black and white TV series. It's like, what's going on? So that the the start and the introduction of phase four, I thought was really good. I thought, oh, this is a completely different take. What's going on? And as you were watching episode by episode coming out every week, you were thinking it got you thinking as a fan. You didn't know what was going on. Um, so, yeah, I, I really like that side. Yeah, I, I went for a three as well um mainly because of the ending i didn't like the ending a lot and it really took me out of it um overall i thought it was great i love the mystery of it like you both said you wanted to watch the next episode to sort of figure out who's behind it where is this leading is this actually reality or is it something that wanda has just created and then we found that out and then like how that progressed from there um obviously agatha harkness ended up being one of the most popular characters in the whole show and she's got her own spin-off which is a problem in itself with regards to marvel's output um but yeah i gave it a three just because i always had a problem with the fact that the series was like um wanda kept a whole town hostage and then at the end of the series everyone was like that's all right you, you let them go and I was like yeah but she kidnapped the whole town yeah but she let them go nah, <laughs> all right. it's just really weird I thought the ending was really badly written and then when they did revisit it eventually in Doctor Strange Doctor Strange was like oh you made that right I was like did she because she, <laughs> she held them captive <laughs> so it was that was yeah. always weird for me and I never got over it but I wouldn't take it out the MCU because it I feel like it got us to a really good point then to go forward with the Scarlet Witch um and mm. it explored how she got her powers and you know how that manifested itself so I really enjoyed it to a point um I've never re-watched it either and it's really good because I'm looking at the list of all the stuff we're going to discuss and this you can see in writing the problem with Marvel's output over the last two years because there is so much that we're going to touch on in the next sort of 20 to 30 minutes the next thing again was something I loved until the very end was Falcon and the Winter Soldier um I've given this a three again because I didn't think at any point that this series was quite as gripping as WandaVision and I certainly didn't think that um, the ending went off a cliff as badly as WandaVision but I um, I don't think they did enough to convince me that Sam Wilson is Captain America necessarily. I think that was my biggest issue with this series. He's more Falcon with the shield to me at mm. the moment um, but I'm keen to see what they do with him going forward uh, let's go George first George how did you rate this one because like I say I gave it a three I don't want it going anywhere because I liked it um, I just mm. didn't love it yeah I, I put it as a three as well um, and I, I agree with you um, I don't necessarily buy that Sam Wilson is Captain America yet um, what's the character called who put the serum in himself is he and he's a thunderbolt now john walker the u.s agent that's it yeah so i thought that, he's that was a good quite character an story yeah that was quite oh. an interesting story and i liked how because he's just started off as being like a really good soldier didn't he yeah. and like he was trying to replicate being captain america by just being human and and you know being like the national icon so i quite like that side of the story um but you're right yeah it wasn't it wasn't a five out of five um 
but uh, yeah, so I, I gave it a three. And I think it's worth saying that this isn't us bashing everything that Marvel have done. There are some things that I'm going to rate really highly. Um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I thought, struggled to get going. The finale was okay, and everything in the middle was was pretty good, especially the stuff when um, the Wakandans got involved. I thought that was really fun, and obviously the return of Baron Zemo. Um, but yeah, I, I just, yeah, it didn't quite grab me in the way I wanted it to. Alistair, what did you give this one, mate? Uh, yeah, three as well, I'd say. Um, I think the only thing I'd add to it is I just liked um, I liked how they showed the you know the side of some superheroes like Sam and Bucky when they're back with their families and stuff like yeah. that. And, you know, real life problems like obviously that Sam's family had the whole issue with the boat and uh, the company, the family's yeah. business and that. And it was like Stuff like that is just a, a human side, which obviously is really important to the kind of uh, character of a, a Captain America as well. So yeah. I like that. I thought that was good. Uh, yeah, I, I thought that was something they could have done a lot more in some other series, which we'll touch on in, mm. in just a moment. I um I did really enjoy that, and I really enjoyed the aspect of Bucky coming to terms with the fact that Steve wasn't around and that he wasn't on the run anymore. Like he didn't really have much of a life other than trying to make up for what he did as the winter soldier um mm. and that's the thing with this one that really sort of bothers me in hindsight is that i'm more interested to see what bucky does next rather than sam um mm. yeah. but then bucky's bucky's been a really titular character in the mcu for a long time sam has always been a side character and now they're thrusting him into the, the, the limelight um it'll be interesting to see how he carries his movie um new world order um but I have faith, you know, I think he's a great actor and, you know, Falcon as Captain America is something they've taken from the comics. And I'm I'm really pleased that they're going to like push through with it. So let's move on to, uh, oh, let's move on to Black Widow. Um, I'll pass on to you guys before I go too long. Uh, Alistair, what did you rate Black Widow? I'll probably give it... Uh... Probably like a two. <laughs> More generous than I'm going to be. Yeah. Um, do you want to touch on why? <laughs> just, it, just simply based on what you the, the description of each rating. Just, I, it's an origin story, and it's one which I didn't feel was massively needed. Um, if it was someone like a, you know, I I always wanted, always wanted since I listened to the audio of the book, uh, the comic book, um, a, a Thanos origins. I'd love it. I think it'd be the, I think it'd be an incredible film. Um, but it's a big character and it like, there's more of a storyline to it. With Black Widow, you heard stuff obviously in other films, but, and then obviously you got to see bits, but I just didn't feel, it just wasn't needed. And it goes back to that quality over quantity. And I think they just, another unnecessary film really it was good bits in it but not really that just it was it was just like yeah another marvel film yeah yeah i think george if you if you'll let me i'll very i'll try and keep it as brief as i can i gave this a one i'd get it out of the mcu pretty much straight away i just it didn't add anything it would have been perfect in like phase two or phase one when mm -hmm. we knew yeah. she wasn't gonna die 
there was a scene at the end of the movie that I'll never get over. They tried to put in a scene where her life was in danger. And I was like, well, we know she doesn't die. So yeah. why are you showing me this? I just, it just, you know, it just was never going to be a great movie for me. And then I didn't think it was very good at all. I thought they wasted Taskmaster as well, who's a really good villain in the comics and the cartoons. Um, one of the things I would touch on, and me and George discussed this on New Year's Eve, is that if they had done this as a special presentation, you know, like they did the hour-long episodes for a couple of other things, which we're going to discuss later, um, it would have been a great way to just really quickly introduce Red Guardian and Yelena, who they're going forward with in the future movies. They could have just had Black Widow's passed away, Yelena is looking for revenge on Hawkeye, but has been hunted down by Taskmaster, and she sought out the help of her mum and dad from when she was undercover, and that introduces the Red Guardian, and then there you go, there's two of the Thunderbolts. But, you know, I, yeah, I didn't need a movie for Black Widow at that stage. George, it's a two and a one so far. Any higher from you? Yeah, so I actually gave it a three. I didn't actually mind this film. Um, so <laughs> I was about to say... I I feel that she needed a film because she is one of the original Avengers. However, I, as Toby mentioned, I started watching the Phase One like, all from the beginning, and she's actually been in. Uh, sorry, um, Black Widow's actually been in quite a lot of the Marvel films. So I feel yeah. like, and I I forgot that I forgot she was like in Iron Man, and you know, and she's in a lot of other Phase One films. So I'm thinking was a film actually needed for her like maybe it could have been a disney plus series like three or four episodes long i, I don't know yeah. um you mentioned red guardian now i like that side you know um and i like i like finding out about her backstory i think yeah. that was that was needed i think because we've had a lot of uh emphasis on captain america iron man um and the original avengers i definitely think she needed something but um, whether or not that was a film, I'm not sure. It was just, I think you could have done this film in phase one or two and it would have been fine. I wouldn't, yeah. have, I wouldn't have loved it, but I thought it would have been perfectly. It was the timing of it that took everything away from me. I was like, well, I know that this isn't that important or else it would have been involved before. So I just never got on board with it from the time I saw it in the in the cinema. My wife, bless her, she turned to me and went, you didn't enjoy that, did you? And I went, no. So <laughs> that was that film in a nutshell, essentially. Um, let's move on to something. And this is one of the things I watched again because I loved it so much. I gave it a five. You guys know it's Loki. The TV series, which I thought was the best TV series they've done so far by quite some distance, it's a five from me. George, you've, you've got your hand raised. Sorry, have you missed Spider-Man or is that to come? It's to come. Okay, sorry, mate. I thought I, I read a list earlier and Spider-Man was the first one that came up for some reason. But carry on, sorry. <laughs> You're fine. I'm doing it in sort of a randomised order to, so that it okay. wasn't that it wasn't just following the timeline specifically um yeah so loki obviously gave us the story of the tva it introduced he who remains who is for me one of the best acted and written characters in the whole of phase four um it gave us an introduction to sylvie who i said before fantastically written character understandable motives and a really good like other version of Loki and a really good storyline throughout for me um, and great use of Owen Wilson other than just getting him to go wow in some movies um, 
George, you did have your hand up for something else, but I'm going to come to you. How did you rate Loki? And don't feel like you're going to hurt my feelings by giving it lower than five. No, I, I gave it four. I did really like the series. I've only watched it once. Um, but as, yeah, as you kind of alluded to there, it was a, a different take. It was something completely different to the previous Marvel series. Um, I really like the beginning where Loki sees his own death and he's like, oh, crap. I died in another universe. That's pretty bad. Um, loved the introduction of Owen Wilson. Um, I loved the, um, oh, what are they called? The people on the high chairs. They're like seen as like the, the oh. mind readers or something. And they're like seen to be like the, oh, the time to keepers. everything. Yeah. The timekeepers. And as it turns out, that whole thing is just like, nah, that's, that doesn't really exist. So I love that little spin um, yeah. on the story. And I love the variations of Loki as well. Like one of them is like a, a crocodile. <laughs> yes, yes. Alligator Loki so, is a legend. <laughs> yeah. So it had a lot of, had like some serious and some funny uh, parts of the series. So yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, loved it. Um, yeah, some really good points in there. And I thought, sorry, Alistair, before I come to you and George, you can jump back in on this if you want, but I thought this was the best use of a series rather than a movie that Marvel have done in terms of doing something episode to episode. Alistair, what did you give Loki? Uh, five. Yeah, I just... Yeah, I my just, guy. Like, it, was, it was the original in Phase 4 and it was just like, it kick-started it, it made sense, it was needed and mm. it was just like, to put that into a film would be fine but like it didn't like you said it didn't make sense like it made sense to be in a series and um and the way that they've introduced the tva into the mcu now with that and obviously uh kang a variant of him um was like you know perfect in my opinion um yeah. and uh, it was a brilliant storyline i thought it was really well written um yeah. didn't felt feel forced uh it was it was just every episode was really kind of uh enticing and just kind of kept you gripped and and it and it just built up very nicely each episode um until obviously this um kind of end point but um but yeah, so it was just an easy five for me. Just, yeah, smashed it. So yeah. easy. Yeah, perfect. So we're... Sorry, go on, George. I was going to quickly say, it feels like that's the only series slash film that's at, like that's necessary for phase four at the moment. That's the only one that actually means anything. Yeah, uh, yeah I think there are a couple of others, but we'll discuss that, I suppose. Um, and let's talk about one of them, because one of the... Biggest links to what might be coming was in the end credit scene of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which is next on the list. Um, this is not but on purpose. This is the second one that I've watched again since it came out. I've given this a five. I really, really enjoyed Shang-Chi more than I thought I was going to. And I don't know if because at this point when it had come out, Marvel had already damaged my love for it with a couple of series that my expectations were slightly lower. I really, really enjoyed this movie. Um, it was really well written. The characters, like the side characters, his his um, his best mate, who he does like the 
the driving stuff with at the start. I can't remember her name. She's great value. They bring back Ben Kingsley as the as the Mandarin actor. <laughs> They've got all the like mythical creatures, the kung fu fighting, the actual Ten Rings themselves. I thought it was a great spectacle, great film, and then a great tease at the end for what might be coming in the future. I gave it a five because I just really enjoyed this movie. Um, but yeah, Alistair, what did you give Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings? Four. Okay, oh, why not a five? Why not a five, sir? I think the main reason was because... Um, I've, the main reason was because I've watched it once, and I've watched Loki once, and I remember a lot more about Loki, which was more kind of ingrained in my mind. Shang-Chi was great. I remembered it. Um, I remembered certain elements, but actually I need to watch it again. It's 100%. Yeah. But, um, and it was definitely one of the more, um, for lack of a better term, like one of the more important uh, storylines going forward with the Ten Rings obviously being one of the new kind of, obviously it's going to be, seems like it's more magic based um, or magic and something else. I can't remember. Um, magic and I can't remember uh, what's... Uh, <laughs> Mythical? Mythical, is it, with uh, wonder and all of that. that? Witchcraft. Is witchcraft. That Magic and witchcraft. It seems to be going down oh, that right. route more because obviously it's going more towards that kind of um, like multiverses and that. Gone. But so just on a, on a point that we made earlier on in terms of like um, left storylines, this is also we know that Shang-Chi's sister took over the Ten Rings and now they're still in the MCU doing something or other so just another thing that has been untouched since it happened <laughs> yeah george shang chi and the legend of the ten rings mate i gave this a four as well um i'm quite harsh with my ratings i have to give something a perfect score if i'm literally sitting in the cinema and i'm literally like either like nearly about to cry or have a panic attack or like i don't know uh, extreme emotions i will say um, so I really like this film. Nothing wrong with it. Uh, as you said, I really like all the mythical creatures. Um, I even got Phoebe to watch it because she really liked the first Black Panther. So I was like, you like cultural films? So I think you will really enjoy this one. So uh, she really enjoyed it as well. Um, I like the introduction of the Ten Rings. No idea where it's about to go, as we've just touched on. Um, I love the villain. I love Shang-Chi's dad. I loved his backstory. Yeah. So that was really cool. Um, like the dragons. I like the dragon fight. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. A lot, a lot of think, positives from this film. I'm, yeah, I think, it's an, it, really. I, I think it's an underrated gem in uh, in this. Because this phase has been so over, overblown and... Um, so what I'm looking for. So like scattergun almost in its approach that it's a forgotten gem because it's got so much quality in it and so many quality characters but yeah really really enjoyed it um the what if series i gave this like a three um and i think we can touch on this really quickly because it's literally a case of what if it doesn't have any impact on the mcu necessarily other than sort of a bit more depth on what could happen in the multiverse basically do you guys have any other thoughts on it than a three do you think it influenced Doctor Strange at all? It does, yes. Um, but not, it's not that, like, if what if doesn't happen, everything else still happens around it. 
Mm. That makes I, sense. I like so. the build up to it though. I like that there are individual episodes and then they all came together. I, I like that side of it. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I really did enjoy it. I thought what if was really fun and I would <laughs> I would watch it again just because they were quite enjoyable. But it's just like at this point of the MCU, if it's literally doing nothing, then we'll just give it a three. <laughs> I gave it I gave it four. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it I, liked really it. Good. I liked it a lot. Um, I thought it was like, I thought it gave a good, really good kind of taste to um, like, obviously it showed different stories, obviously the whole point of it, but um, like um, Ultron, whatever it was called, Super Ultron or something. Um, yeah, what he should have been. <laughs> yeah, and just stuff like that. And I love the idea of him being able to travel through different universes um and also um yeah I, I just thought there was so much to it which could happen in the future i think there's well, we still saw bits. we saw captain carter and we saw defender strange and we mm. saw like a variety of different things and maybe we will see stuff again i just think with some of the stuff they did it's not going to be relevant going forward like obviously um, like Thanos was in it and things like that. We know that Thanos ain't coming back, so yeah. it's uh, it's really interesting. But um, obviously, it will always be fondly remembered as the last thing Chadwick Boseman did before he passed away, as well. So that's mm. um, always something that's nice to keep in our memories. Um, something that's not as nice to keep in our memories is the Eternals. Um, I was not as bothered by the Eternals as most people, but uh, what did you guys think? Anyone want to, George? Do you want to jump in on this one first? I gave it a four. Oh my god! Okay, I'm, people, well, I'm in the minority. I'll give it context. Yeah, I'll give it context. A lot of people really disliked this film. Um, yeah, for various reasons, from the fact it doesn't really do anything to actually it counteracts a lot of things in the MCU in terms of like the Celestials overseeing everything and apparently no one knowing about them. Um, Not knowing about the one which is in the sea on earth <laughs> yeah it. no one oh, really yeah. that's yeah that's another thing no one really mentions the fact there's a celestial's head sticking out the ground in the middle of the ocean after it happens because we've had <laughs> a lot of things happen since um i think it's referenced twice in the mcu after that which is not enough um although rumors just to sort of fill you guys in if you don't know and the listeners that might be how they introduce the thunderbolts um, and the X-Men. So we will see. Um, George, sorry, we stood on your toes thoroughly. You were Don't just worry. about to give the Eternals a four. Yeah. So as I completely agree with both of you, it makes no sense, like on a wider scale, um, with what happens in the movie. But as for the movie itself, I, I really enjoy team-up movies and I like the group of superheroes that have been together for such a long time throughout history. Um, I like the turn of events with Ajax and the kind of Superman <laughs> version. Uh, I can't remember what he's called. Icarus. Um, Icarus, thank you. And they like reference like Icarus, like taking over the Avengers. And I'm like, ooh, that could happen. That's really cool. Um, so as for films that kind of mention what's happened before, which we have touched on in the past with like, you know, there's no reference to any previous films in this movie. It does do that. So I did feel like there was a storyline, you know, it, it was continuous with that. 
Um, yeah, I just thought it was a really good film. Um, Angelina Jolie looked really hot in it as well, which you know, oh. added bonus. And uh, yeah, I just I, I liked it. Good to know that you got an, uh, an Angelina Joner from watching it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Alistair, what about you, mate? What did you give it? And did you get a boner? <laughs> Well, I was going to say I'll go down more down the route of Salma <laughs> Hayek, but <laughs> well, I was more into Kit Harrington, but there you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I gave it a three. I thought it was. I did like the film. I, I agree with George. Like the film, just generally um, as an individual movie, like wasn't too bad. I liked the storyline bit and the betrayal of Icarus and that. I was always excited to see the Celestials. So um, obviously seeing one of them there and a few others um, roaming about was always like intriguing to me. Um, I would love to see some of the others a bit more like Arisham, for example, the um, destroyer and that. Um, yeah. Just because they're big, huge characters like Galactus, for example, and it's just like, how could you portray these characters in the MCU, which is brilliant. Um, but um, yeah, generally speaking, it's hard. Like I, I probably had a bit more hope for this than I kind of got in the end, um, the expectation. But um, yeah, I don't know, just a three, just bang in the middle, sitting on the fence. Yeah, I'm a three as well. I don't think that it needs to necessarily, because this is the thing, like it's not, it's going to come back to mean something at some point. But for now, we don't know whether the Eternals will return soon. Later, we've got three that are out looking for other Eternals. And then we had Harry Styles show up as Thanos' brother with the little goblin guy. Um, that's another thing that we haven't heard much about since. So they're giving themselves a lot to do. Um, Star Fox is Harry Styles' character. It'll be interesting to see what all of this leads to. But yeah, it's a three from me. It's a three from me. Now, I'm going to give you another one of my really poorly rated shows. This is a one for me. I'd just get rid of it. Um, would I? I don't know. Maybe it's a two. I really didn't enjoy Ms. Marvel. Oh. I I I didn't really enjoy Ms. Marvel. I didn't like it very much at all, mainly because they changed the character completely from the comics in terms of the types of power she has and how she gets them. But uh, Alistair, did you watch Ms. Marvel? And if so, didn't even watch it. And that's what I mean. Phase four is so disposable. We don't even need to see it all. Um, mm. It has no influence on the rest of the phase or the MCU so far. The only thing that it dropped right at the end was the word mutant, um, which they started to pepper into a few different projects, but you'd not miss much. George, I'm guessing you're going to give this a higher rating. Uh, I gave this a 3.5. Oh, um, we've got the 0.5s out now. Oh, I know, I've got a couple of 0.5s in there. Um, but yeah, I guess the only thing I'll kind of comment on is that as an introduction to a, another culture again, so which was quite cool. Um, I was listening to, um, you know, listen to other stuff, and you know, um, he the guy that was on the podcast, he he was like telling telling us all about the different the, the culture about from sorry, I'm not explaining myself very well from this Marvel. Um, so yeah, that was really cool. Um, yeah, that's. I guess that's all that needs to be said, really. 
<laughs> I mean, if you enjoyed that aspect of it, then that's fine. I just didn't think it necessarily brought anything to the MCU. And I thought that as a character and as a hero, she didn't really do much in the movie. Uh, sorry, in the series. And um, there was this really complex scene at the end of the series Alistair you won't know about this where they had a legion of soldiers coming after them in their secondary school and they sat down and they drew out a plan on a blackboard and then they set all their traps oh, yeah. and all that and it took like it must have taken like in real time an hour or so to decide the plan and then set it up and I thought why have the soldiers not breached the doors and just gone in and got them but yeah, that's that's, true, that's yeah. me. That's me thinking too critically, maybe. Um, the next one on the list is Hawkeye, which is a solid three. It doesn't do much for me, but it also doesn't offend me greatly. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts on on Hawkeye? I will say that Same. the actress whose name I can't remember, Haley Seinfeld, is it? Steinfeld. Um, she's a really good casting for Kate Bishop. Thought that they mm -hmm. did a really job in choosing an actress for her um but i'm also glad they didn't kill clint barton a character off and obviously our best wishes mm -hmm. go out to jeremy renner who's obviously been in a really oh, serious yeah. accident in the last few days um but yeah really glad hawkeye's still around in the mcu is a good character to kill at some point in terms of getting an emotional reaction from the um from the audience he'll be a really good character to have involved in an emotional scene um because he's one of the ogs um but yeah I thought this was a pretty good series. I didn't hate it, didn't love it. It was it was just there. But again, I wouldn't get rid of it because I enjoyed large parts of it. Yeah, same as you, really. Um, indifferent towards it, but it was fine. I gave it a three out of five. Um, nice introduction to the character, I thought. And yeah. um, interesting fight scene with Kingpin. That's one thing, one thing I seem to remember from it. But uh, apart from that, um, yeah, it was good. Yeah, they wasted Vincent D'Onofrio hugely in that series. They um, really needed to do more with him. But I think it was just a case of, hey, we've got Kingpin and he'll be back at some point. So that'll be interesting, I guess. Um, Alistair, Hawkeye? Three. I liked it. I, again, I liked the idea that it was very similar to Winter Soldier 1, Falcon, where it was like, um, just gave a bit more of a genuine like you know human side to Hawkeye like, yeah especially if it was around Christmas and that sort of stuff it's like just add a bit of different element so yeah just a three just a and I I really enjoyed the aspect of him like after a fist fight and after like shooting arrows and stuff like that him coming back and being like oh my god I'm so sore and having to put ice packs on and having to put stuff on cuts and things like that. And like, we don't see that side of the human heroes very much, but him being like, Oh my God, after a fight was just, it was really good contextually really enjoyed that. Um, let's go to one of the final series that we're going to talk about moon Knight. Um, really enjoyed moon Knight. I, was always going to enjoy Moon Knight because I'm a huge Moon Knight fan, have been for many years. Um, I gave it a four. I really enjoyed Moon Knight. Um, it wasn't perfect. I'm not going to pretend it was perfect, but my personal bias makes me love it more than I should. Um, Alistair, Moon Knight. I gave it a three. I, Generous. I liked it a lot, um, but... I 
It wasn't great. Yeah, I just I think like I think it was I thought it was good. I, I did think it was good. I liked the comedy in it. I liked the storyline and all of that. Um, I just wasn't like I with characters like Moon Knight. I'm you know again. I'm sure he'll have more of a role, but I just well, struggled. Well, until, I, I just until recently it wasn't confirmed that he was coming back at all. So I just struggled to get. <clears throat> fully gripped, like hooked on these ones when there's so many characters, it's like who's important and who's just a filler. And yeah. so as great as it was, it wasn't like a Loki where I knew like bits and that were important. Were, well, this know. is one of the ones that George sort of mentioned where it makes no link to the rest of the MCU. And I did find it really interesting that... Um, like they had a giant crocodile fight a giant bird man on the Giza pyramids and like the Avengers and like the UN and no one else really got involved. I did like, again, there are holes you can pick in it. That's the problem um, because it's not written because they have to get it out by a certain date and it's not been written so thoroughly like the movies would be in phase one, two and three that, it gets pushed out too early, maybe. And we're keeping yeah. Alistair awake and he's starting to get bored, I think. Um, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. No, no, you've had your you annual chance. Uh, George. Came at 4.5. Oh, he loved Enjoyed it. He this loved one. it to George. He loved Let it. Love this one. I um, love the yeah, moon no, and he loves night. Yes. And preferably together. Uh, yeah, really, I, I liked the introduction to another culture. I thought that was really cool. Um, I loved the character. I can't even remember what he's called. The main character. What's his name? Well, I mean, which one? He's got multi-personality yeah, exactly. disorder, hasn't he? So do you mean Stephen? Yeah. The one that works in the museum? Yeah, Stephen. So, well, I just enjoyed the actor. He was Oscar Isaac. Throughout. Yeah. yeah, Oscar Isaac is fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And that, at that very last scene where you find out there's a third personality it's almost like that film um split with uh, james mcavoy <laughs> i've never seen that oh you'd enjoy that it's really good um but anyway yeah really good series um interested to see where it will go um yeah. as yeah as you mentioned doesn't really link in with anything else going on and on in phase four but i thought it was a really well-made series one of the things that I really enjoyed from it and one of the things that I've really emphasised as a key thing in the MCU that Moon Knight really hammered home is that the gods in our cultures are aliens, like Thor, Loki, Odin, all come from Asgard, which is another planet. Um, the, the Egyptian gods, the Black Panther god, they all came from space, which I think is a really cool little touch, like Kulku Khan, which is obviously Namor in the MCU, is a great character. We'll talk about him very shortly. Um, but yeah, they're all aliens or something like that. So it's, it's, it's really cool the way that they've done that. Um, I just really hope they don't introduce Jesus as a, as an alien, but Hey, we'll see. Um, let's talk about the last series. Um, I don't really want to. She Hulk. Um, I gave this minus 12. Um, I hate this series so much that I've advised people not to bother watching it. Like my parents haven't watched it. They've watched everything else in the MCU. I've got friends who have asked if they should watch it. And I've said, absolutely not. Um, it's terrible. And it's a waste of time. 
George and Alistair, anything yeah, higher? Um, is there anything higher than a one? No. No? Alistair, did you watch it? No, you didn't watch there it. There you go. It's that bad we put Alistair off of it by moaning about it that much. They absolutely massacred the character of Daredevil in this show. They absolutely butchered the character of She-Hulk. Their main villain was us, the fans, for daring to criticise it. Um, it was a terribly written, terribly conducted programme um, that then took the piss out of the MCU in the finale by saying that all the episodes, uh, sorry, that all the films that came before it were formulaic and all too samey. Um, yeah, did not enjoy. Would burn it from the MCU right now. One thing I was looking forward to in that last episode was the Abomination fighting the Hulk. I was like, oh my God, this is going to be amazing. Yeah, then they didn't do it. You can't have that. She, um, yeah, Alistair, I don't know if you've seen this. She jumps out of her program into the real world, into our world, to confront Marvel Studios about how bad and, uh, um, what's the word, like, contradictory the fight scene would be at the end. So she decides to get rid of it from her own episode. So basically they're telling the audience that the the, the episode they wrote was so bad that She-Hulk didn't like it which is a cell phone that they don't realise they did. Mm. Like, it's a terrible series. I'd, I'd honest to God, I would burn every copy of it off the internet if I could. It's the worst thing I've ever seen. Um, it, I tell you what, that's a fair comment. It's genuinely the worst thing I've ever watched. <laughs> it's not, well, it's a legal drama that's supposed to be a comedy and a superhero film uh, programme. It's not funny. Uh, the legal scenes in it are a joke, uh, not in the right way. The drama, there's no drama, and it's very, very little superhero action in it. So, yeah, yeah. terrible. Well Not done, good. Marvel. You ruined a whole character and tried to ruin another. Um, right, let's talk about a few movies to round this list off. I know you're both getting tired. I can tell by the looks in your eyes. Um, first one, I think it's got to be a five from everyone. Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah. George is pulling a face. No, I'm just not a Spider-Man fan. How the... Oh, fuck off. Fuck I'm not. off. I've, How can you I've not never... be Spider-Man? How can you say that to me, of all people? I, I know, I'm sorry. I just... Every time I've watched the Spider-Man films, I really rate Tom Holland. I think he's a great actor. But all the three films he's done, I've just... I've never got off my seat for. It's, it's a good film. I gave it a three. I like the I like the uh, they bring back all the villains of his previous universe, and they bring back Toby. I've muted George. I don't want him to talk anymore. <laughs> I've muted him. I can't believe he's given that film a three. Alistair, let's talk about the absolute perfection that was Spider Man. No, <laughs> hilarious. You said three, and I was like, oh, <laughs> um, absolutely. Can't believe a three. Sorry, George. Wow. That was, I was only joking. Would you like to continue? No, not really. It was shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I absolutely loved it. It wasn't even nostalgia bait. It like it led into the the wider MCU with like um, multiverse of madness afterwards, and then sort of the uh, the introduction of Venom into the MCU. There's another storyline that's not been touched on yet. So we've got Venom in the MCU. Um, we've got 
Spider-Man becoming more comic accurate Spider-Man, not only in his suit, but also in the uh, the way that he's now got to balance his personal life and superheroing without having Aunt May there to support him. I absolutely love this film. I thought it was the best thing they've done in Phase 4. Um, Alistair? Uh, what, uh, sorry, just a quick Don't comment. Don't you fucking um, dare. Don't you I'm not, fucking I'm, I'm dare. I'm supporting an argument you said earlier. Um, a woman died, Aunt May. Yeah, yeah. Just a quick one. Yeah, but she wasn't one of the introduced 47. She was already an established character in it. <laughs> but thank you for bringing up George, fucking hell you're sexist Bringing up one woman that died, weirdo um, right. Sorry everyone <laughs> uh, Right, Alistair, five? Yeah, five I Just, like, for me Just nostalgia Bringing back Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield Was enough um, But also, and all the villains Like, villains are amazing um, but also the fact that it was <laughs> the fact that it was important for the next phase because it kickstarted the multiverse um, in this instance. And um, I actually and obviously leads up, follows up with Doctor Strange in terms of those two linking. But also um, it is kind of um, what's the thing I'm thinking of. I thought the storyline, the concept of introducing the multiverse was fine, like really good. And obviously in Doctor Strange, but um, but obviously like some, maybe some bits when we talk about Doctor Strange might not be quite as good as we think, but um, I thought, and so it's important and it was great. So it has to be a five. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We'll say that was a five across the board. Good. Right. Um, it filtered it sharp, George. It filtered into <laughs> it filtered in to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Um really disappointing movie after what was expected of it. Um I thought it was really poorly written again. Um, I don't think that they exposed the multiverse very well. And the most disappointing thing for me is that the Illuminati were in it for about seven minutes and then they all died. Um, so that was really bad. But George, obviously you just you've obviously been drinking throughout this podcast because you accidentally just gave No Way Home a three. Um, what did you rate Doctor Strange as? Well, I've just drunk some more because I gave this one a four. Oh my god! I can't believe what's happening. <laughs> I I really like this film. I really like this film. Watching it, so I really like this film. Watching it the first time when I watched it in the cinema, and I think the reason why I really liked it was for the surprise element and was the shock factor. So when the Illuminati were killed after like seven minutes, like I just did not expect that at all. And this film was almost like a mild horror in a way, which I, re I I really enjoyed. It was a different take on a Marvel film. Well, it, it was in a way when you had like the uh, Scarlet Witch like coming out of the mirror and all this sort of stuff. Um, the Taj Mahal, like that was all like destroyed in- The Taj Mahal? What was it called? <laughs> Do you mean Kamar Taj? Yeah, that's the one, same thing. So, um, yeah, that got destroyed in like 10 minutes in the, in like the beginning of the film. I just thought the film caught you off guard completely, and I, I really like that. However, watching it the second time, and the reason I didn't give you give it a five, <laughs> I, I think the surprise element of the film was the reason why it was good for me, because the second time I watched it, I just didn't really 
I wasn't engrossed as much. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the only reason this even got a, a two from me is because it was quite important for the progression of the multiverse um, and it was important to see what Wanda's arc was. Um, I think we're all probably in agreement that Wanda is not dead. Um, she's most likely elsewhere in the MCU. Um, yeah, I mean, this film had so much promise. Um, they basically told us in the first trailer that we were getting some form of the X-Men or the Illuminati when we knew that we were getting Charles Xavier Patrick Stewart, of course. Um, yeah, I mean, the surprise element was fine. Um, I remember in the cinema, the reaction to John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic was one of the best reactions I've heard in a cinema because it was such a shock. The same as the introduction of someone like Black Bolt, because Black Bolt is a character that no one expected to turn up. Um, but I don't think that excuses the poor quality of this film. Like you said, it was a horror in a way. Um, I think like two scenes doesn't make it a horror. Um, the the wonder coming out the mirror and the, the zombie strange. Um, because Sam Raimi directed it, who obviously directed the Evil Dead and the original Spider-Man movies. And a lot of people thought this was going to be a dark horror movie in the Marvel uh, universe which it, for me it just wasn't um i was thoroughly disappointed i thought this was one of the biggest letdowns of phase four as a whole really in terms of expectation versus reality um i thought that dr strange looked like an idiot for most of the film i don't understand i watch these films and all i'm thinking the whole time is why are they not using the sling ring They've got a thing that can open portals to anywhere in the universe. And for whatever reason, they never use it. Isn't that really strange? You know, like mm. when, when Wanda is attacking Kamataj, they could just, you know, like he does with Loki, just puts a portal over him. Send her somewhere else. She hasn't got a sling ring. She can't suddenly appear. So, mm. yeah, it was a weird one for me. Alistair, what did you rate this? I'm interested to hear yours now because <laughs> we've got a two and a four. I had so much like hope for this film. This was the film which I was most looking forward to in Phase Four, more than Spider Man. Um, like I was looking forward to Spider Man, but Doctor Strange for me was the one where I was like, I love Doctor Strange's character, and um, I was just like multiverse. That's what I wanted. So that was like, yeah, um, I want to give it a four, but I just can't because. I just can't say so it's a three. Um, I three because obviously, again, another important film in phase. So there has to be some like, you know, uh, kind of respect for that. Um, I still liked a lot of elements of it. Generally speaking, I liked the element of like how they tried to portray going into the multiverse and all of these bits to Doctor Strange's journey around. Um, I liked, obviously, the Illuminati. Um, I actually liked the fact that, obviously, disliked the fact that they died, but I liked the fact that they tried to show how the Scarlet Witch is a more powerful character and how, obviously, Scarlet Witch could be, in the future, um, more of a, you know, one of the main powerful characters going forward so i thought that was quite a good way to do that to show yeah. her kind of you know the the kind of uh power which she has so I, I did like those elements um but 
yeah, just generally speaking, that it felt forced, a bit rushed at times, and, and yeah, and just could have been, yeah. you know, thought out a bit more, a bit better, um, more thoroughly, and um, and but yeah, it's it's difficult because it has all the pieces there to be a really good Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness film, but it yeah. just didn't quite feel genuine and you know natural so it just struggled. it needed it needed to be longer it was it was really crammed in in the time that they had and i just didn't think that the story progressed naturally i love that as well i one of my favorite criticism of this film is one of my favorite things in the film which is john krasinski's mr fantastic oh look it's someone who's killed all of the ultron bots that we've got and has infiltrated our facility i'll reach out for her but I love that that's what he went to do. He was going to grab her by the shoulder. I was like, what What the fuck are you trying to do? But then he does grab her and he like pulls her towards her and pulls, him toward, pulls her towards him. It's like, ha, I've got you. Got, <laughs> like, got you now. <laughs> but like, I just, yeah, that was weird. But the Black Bolt death, I'll tell you what, that was really creative and really good. The oh, way that she was like, like, oh, what mouth? And then boom, head gone. Um that was yeah that was really cool i'll give them that i just yeah i was really disappointed to a point that i dropped below a three to a two um we'll really quickly rush over thor love and thunder because i think people should go and watch our review of thor love and thunder instead of us talking about it here i gave it a two i really was disappointed by this as well i think they really did thor dirty in this movie they made him a bumbling idiot which he wasn't in the rest of his films um he's progressed to where he was in Endgame and then has fallen to being a bumbling idiot again. Um, Guardians were in it for about five minutes and it doesn't really do anything for the rest of the MCU other than that Thor now has a daughter. Um, so I gave it a two. I, I would change huge amounts of this movie. Um, but they did introduce Hercules, who is a great character in the comics. Uh, George, do you want to quickly give a rating for this one, mate? Yeah, two. Completely agree. Yeah, but I think exactly the same. Yeah, Alistair. Yeah, I think too. Just um, again, had certain elements about it which should have been a good movie, a really good movie. Christian Bale as well as. Um, oh, the uh, best thing about the movie was Christian yeah. Bale. That's the thing. Yeah. Give that, give that a two and a half hour runtime like they did for Black Panther. That could have been incredible. But yeah. There you go. Um, but yeah, go to our YouTube channel, watch our Thor Love and Thunder review. It was a full 35, 40 minute review of the movie after we had watched it. So the best way to get our thoughts on that one. Let's finish this podcast off. I'm aware that we've probably gone really long, but I've really enjoyed this. Um, I hope you two aren't going to fall asleep on me, but we will see. Yeah, we're still here. Black Panther Wakanda forever. Now, We've not talked to each other at all about this, so I'm really interested to get our thoughts. I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to pass right on to you two. I'm going to go Alistair first. I want to hear what you thought of the movie and then your rating, please, sir. Um, I thought the movie was... Difficult. I'd say um, it was a good movie. I thought it was a good movie. Um, I think, with respect, it was, again, for lack of a better term, 
glorified because Chad, Chadwick Boseman died. So it had more meaning to it. Um, I thought it was a good movie. It had a good villain. I liked the villain, Namor. Um, I thought it was... Other than that, I actually thought it was an okay movie, but not anything that exciting, personally. Um, probably certain elements very similar to Thor, where the villain was probably the best thing about it, in my opinion. Um, yeah. And I think it was just over-hyped a bit because of Chadwick dying and how they're going to do the you know, how they're going to work around it. So it was a bit more intrigue. Um, so, yeah, now I'm thinking about it. I was, it was average for me and it got an average rate and three, yeah. ju just about three. I'd even, you know, I wouldn't give it a two, but I could push for like two and a half in a way. Really. Yeah, so, I mean... I completely agree with everything you've said. I thought it was a, a very respectful film of Chadwick Boseman. I thought they did quite well to be respectful and write him out of it in a decent way. I am... There is one thing that I will question about the way that he died off screen, and that was... He was dying of a disease. And, you know, if you've got an answer to why this was the case, let me know. But he was dying of unnamed disease virus whatever off screen um he had already had the purple herb so he had that mm. in his system and the way that shuri was going to save him was to give him more purple herb i didn't quite understand that as her way of trying to save him um i've not heard anybody come up with a reason as to why giving him more of something in his system would have saved his life if he became is Ill that what it was life. i just thought it was a antidote she was trying to create i didn't realize so, it was more of the purple herb yeah because they'd oh, run right. out of the purple okay. herb because killmonger had burned it all so it was uh yeah it was interesting but i'll, I'll give my thoughts in a minute george Quickly, sorry Alistair, go on. i was just going to say as well i can't remember exactly what it was because i've only watched it once and i actually went to see it with vicky um and she annoyingly but rightfully so actually picked up like four or five um like inconsistencies with it um, okay do you want to give us some i can't remember them i'd have to oh, okay <laughs> i'd have to ask her again but i didn't remember but i they when i just remember when i heard them i was like oh shit yeah that doesn't make sense and this and that I mean, so there, there was a few where i thought about it but it's like yeah i was the same um sorry george i will let you go in just a second my oh, biggest my biggest, like one of my biggest gripes was the chase scene with um, Okoye, Shuri, and uh, Riri Williams in, where were they again? MIT, where's that? Is it LA? I can't, I, I don't know. All right. Yeah. So they're chasing down the streets and the police are chasing them. And there's a blockade of police cars at the front of the bridge. Do you remember this? And then they go onto the bridge and they blast their way through. Riri Williams like causes an explosion. First of all, you've clearly killed at least one police officer there. That's not very hero-like. And um, the second thing is that they got onto the bridge and then all of a sudden there were no police at the other end ready to blockade them and no one chased them onto the bridge. I was like, what? The police just gave up once there was an explosion. I'm really confused and then what happened next 
was that the the um the guys the atlanteans i can't not call them atlanteans because they're atlanteans in the comics and i can't remember what they gave them the name of in this film um but the underwater people who had apparently been keeping their identity and their um, culture a secret for hundreds of hundreds of years um they showed up in central la and they yeah. jumped out onto a bridge and they had a fist fight and then they jumped back in on a whale and went away and i'm like what no news cameras no no nobody saw it um it's like here we are and then and also that's a massive plot hole because namor was like well if you go and get the girl and then kill her then we won't attack you but then they went to get riri williams themselves anyway so what was the point in namor talking to the wakandans at all Mm. So it was really weird. There were loads of inconsistencies in the in the inconsistencies in these films that were really bothering me. Um, mm. One of which also, sorry, again, Riri Williams, she apparently through garage parts and spare scraps made a um, what was it she made again? It was the uh, vibranium detector, wasn't it? And what they just left her at university after that. They didn't take her to a government facility. They didn't give her any protection. Nothing like that. They were just like, go back to uni if you want. <laughs> what? And then the Wakandans just walk, literally walk in and take her. I was just like, oh, yeah. all right, fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and there, there's, there's a couple of huge things that I really disliked about the ending. But George, do you want to give us your thoughts, mate? Mm. Yes, it's interesting. Now you mention all these things, I didn't really think about it before. But I watched it by myself. I went to the cinema, and I, I, I had a good time watching it. I, I, because the film itself is like two hours, like 40, 50 minutes or something. And I thought the time went quite quickly, um, which I always think is a good sign for a movie. Um, I didn't see much wrong with it. I agree that Namor was um, one of the main reasons I liked the film. Um, I question Shiri's, as an actor, her film presence, her film stage presence. Um, I obviously realised that this has been forced upon in terms of her taking the Black Panther um, role. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, when I was watching her, I didn't really, I wasn't engrossed in her. I wasn't thinking, yes, yeah, she's the Black Panther. Um, there is a moment where we talked about on New Year's Eve, Terry, where in the fight with Namor, she gets stabbed and she miraculously recovers. But I think I at the time I thought, oh, that must be because of the vibranium, maybe. Um, it didn't help that I saw Avatar the week after. So I was like, when I saw all these blue people come out of the water, I was like, are these Avatar? What is going on? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I did enjoy the movie. I can't I can't lie. Like, I, I, I did enjoy it. Um, well, just on right. that on that point, yeah. mate, about the and Alistair, you can jump in if you want here as well. But on the point about Shuri getting stabbed through the stomach, it goes through her into a stone behind her and pins her to it for a second. And it's his vibranium spear. That's why it goes through the suit. Um, but then she breaks it and pulls herself off of it. I watched that scene on YouTube before this podcast to make sure I had like like you, George, had seen that properly and that there wasn't like something she did um no she just pulls herself off of a spear that's gone right through a midriff and then attacks him and beats him and i'm like you should be dead 
Mm. Or at least dying. Like, <laughs> the suit doesn't recover people because Killmonger obviously got stabbed in a gap in his suit. Um, and he died from his wound. So I was really confused by that. That really, really bothered me. Because, And Philippa, bless her, we were sat watching it and she saw me go like this with my hand. I went... <laughs> in the cinema, she was like, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I hated that bit. What, um, really, really what I didn't quite get the ending because it rushed so quickly that when she was about to get like, you know, officially made Black Panther um, and they were up about to do the ritual and everything. Does anyone, you know, uh, think that she shouldn't or does anyone challenge her? And then all of no. a sudden, really quickly, but M'Baku, he challenged her. No, he didn't. He so he did because I swear he was like, oh, yeah, I accept the challenge or something, didn't he? I yeah, swear. but it was... It was like a, a bait and switch where he came out and he was like, oh, I challenge you. No, I'm only joking. I'm going to be like, I'm going to rule the country whilst she's the Black Panther sort of thing. That was it. It was crap. I'm sorry. But one of the biggest pet peeves I have with the film is that Shuri, um, like George just mentioned really well, that she's not a lead character. Like stood alongside the Avengers, you'd be like, are you sure? Mm. Um, the worst, do you know what the, the stupidest thing for me is, and I hate it when they do this in any movie, is that, um, and there's, there's two accounts of this in this movie, which makes it even worse. First one, we'll focus on Shuri. Just because she's the Black Panther now doesn't mean she's suddenly an expert in hand-to-hand -hand combat. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, I was thinking about this before, so if I can just come in quickly, think, because I've been watching Phase 1 and again, like yeah. Captain America gets the serum and he suddenly becomes like this amazing fighter. I think as fans, we've just got to accept when you're a superhero, you just gain <sighs> good fighting skills. But what does I Captain think about it? I... But what does Captain America do that's so unexpected of someone? What do you mean? Well, he's punching people and like like that scene after he gets the serum, he runs after someone and then jumps in the ocean and pulls them out. And then after that, he's got a shield and a gun. And then after that, he's just punching and kicking people. Yeah, but he's, he still demonstrates a like, high level of uh, like fighting ability. And like I was just thinking, I was like, mm, I mean, that doesn't really seem realistic, but I, I overlooked it in the past. Yeah, but, but I think I, Shuri is doing like backflips in midair to catch people. Then she's doing another flip to catch someone with their head in between her legs and throwing them off. Then it's all happening on the side of a boat. It's not like she's doing it feet on flat ground. And then she beats Namor in hand-to-hand -hand combat, which I know she's the hero. She's going to beat Namor. But, um, you know, he's, like, been a warrior for his whole life, and he's, like, 100 years old. So... I know what you mean, because we said the same thing about She-Hulk. When she got her abilities, we were like, what? She's just She just knows how to fight now. But then yeah. after watching Captain America, I was like, oh, hang on a minute. How do you what... learn how to fight? I know what you mean, but at the same time, I don't think that he does anything that that's that's that unexpected. Like he doesn't do anything like backflips off of like the side of a boat onto someone, throw them off, and then catch himself and pull himself back up, sort of thing. It's all like a human movement. Do you know what I mean? The and other, the other. Sorry, uh, go on. I was just going to say, to be fair, in Captain America, 
um, when Steve Rogers is pre-serum, he does actually mention that he um, is like a... He can he, fight. Yeah, he, he can do like, he can do Kung Fu and Taekwondo. He'd been doing them for years before. Oh, okay. He's a black belt in nearly every... No, but yeah. in, in like in seriousness, well, he, but he's, he's only... Um, He's only unable to fight because of his stature. It's not that he doesn't know how at the start. That's the thing. It, right. Whereas Shuri, we know from the previous films, because she had those hand cannons in the first Black Panther rather than getting involved hand to hand. So, yeah, true. you know, and she's been a scientist in a lab. She's not been doing hand to hand training. The other issue in this is, is Riri Williams in that she says, oh, I've never flown my Iron Man suit before. And then proceeds to fly the Iron Man suit for about ten minutes flawlessly um, <laughs> before before being brought down. So, uh, and then she builds yeah. a brand new one in Wakanda in like a day, and it looks like shit as well. Like it looks like a Power Ranger on fucking steroids. Like it's a terrible suit. Um, that's your replacement for Iron Man, ladies and gentlemen. That is the new um, the new Iron Man. It's uh, Riri Williams. Good luck. I don't know. I think he might come back yet. Robert Downey Jr. If he does, it's ruined he might it. Do. Oh, he can. He can. Um, so we come to the end of the list. I mean, I give Black Panther Wakanda Forever like a two to be really generous because, again, it's a huge disappointment to what we were looking at because we did a preview um, just before Christmas and we were all really excited for it. Um, it just didn't live up to any expectations. Very much the phase four issue, I think. Mm. Um, but the main question that leads us to for the last few minutes is, is Marvel dying, dead, or does it still have life in it? Because one thing that happened this week that made me think that is the problem with Marvel is that Alistair sent us a text. And what did he say? He said, I've just realized that Ant-Man comes out in like a month and a half. Imagine saying that during the Infinity Saga. Oh, I've just realized that there's a Marvel film coming out in a month. We would be counting down the days yeah is it dying is it dead or is there still life in it i think thank you go on i think um i think we'll find it again we just need this first film i think which one ant-man i think we need ant-man i'm hoping i've got Maybe it's false hope, but I had the same hope for Doctor Strange, so I might be completely wrong. But th- uh, basically, this film is going to... I'm not going to say make or break the rest of MCU, but if it's going to work, this one has to be good because this yeah. is introducing one of the Kang variants and it's it's setting up what's going to happen in the future. Like the genuine, like obviously Spider-Man set up the multiverse and Doctor Strange opened it up a bit more. This is setting up the next villain properly. And it's like, to a certain extent, this could make or break it. And I think if it does make it, then once this film is done and we hype about it, the hype for the next films coming forward, which are related to it, not extras, um, I think that'll be back again. Yeah, I am more, 
I'm really stuck with it. I think that Marvel's starting to kill itself slowly because of Phase Four. Mm-hmm. They've introduced so many characters, and so and this is what we've talked about. We've talked about so we've run long on this episode because of how much there is to talk about. There are so many characters and so many storylines that have been crammed into the MCU in the last 24 months that it's really hard for the average fan to keep a track of. You know, we're all really passionate about it and we forget about some of the storylines that are set to go on. Um, So it'll be really interesting to see what they do and how they do it going forward. But I think they've definitely lost a lot of the casual audience rather than the core audience in that Mm. there is a lot less enthusiasm now about superhero films in general black adam didn't do very well in the cinemas and fucking what is going on at dc at the minute um that we could talk about that next week that place is a shit show at the minute um but marvel are not much better and they've lost a lot of the enthusiasm for what is coming i'm really looking forward to and I'm, i'm really looking forward to like almost as hyped as Endgame, genuinely, for Guardians 3. I'm so excited Mm. for that. I think the trailer looks phenomenal. It's the last one of the Guardian series. It's the last one with James Gunn with, you know, a number of the actors. Drax is going. Drax is going. I think Rocket's going to be gone. I think they might kill off Peter. Who Mm. knows? I think that could be the best film series. It could be be an argument for that. I would say it is personally. I think that like the Guardians and the Captain America trilogies are, well, sorry, the Guardians duo that we've got so far and the Captain America trilogy are phenomenal, like absolutely mm. phenomenal. But in um, in all seriousness, Ant Man, I got really hyped for the trailer, and then sort of then these thoughts started happening: of is Marvel what it was? Is this really as good as it? And and because it's I don't want to say this and sound like a complete dick, but because it's an Ant-Man film, like Mm. the Ant-Man films so far have never, like we really enjoy them. We love them and a lot of people do, but they've never really been that important. Whereas now this is like, right, Marvel is really on the ropes. It's really struggling to get enthusiasm around it. We need an Ant-Man movie to really, really land. Is this going to be the one? That's really, it's just a weird thing to say, isn't it? You need yeah. you need an Ant Man film to kick off Marvel. Well, Marvel, <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen this, but they're not you know they're not exceeding the budgets that movies cost very well at the minute. Like Black no. Panther did not make a lot of money. Thor: Love and Thunder had the biggest drop off in Marvel history, I think, from like the first week in terms of where it was in the movie rankings to where it was the second weekend. Um, the movies have been getting progressively worse in terms of their income and the popularity of them. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with this phase five, because like I said, Ant-Man needs to revive the MCU, which is a really weird thing to say when you think back to Ant-Man one was like, right, introduce Ant-Man fun little story with a, you know, really small scale villain, another pun. Um, Then Ant-Man and the Wasp, basically didn't do anything other than introduce Ghost and the Quantum Realm. And then this is, right, you need to help the MCU get back on track. We need to introduce Kang the Conqueror, and we need to make sure this is a really good movie. And I think it'll be good, but I'm a little bit worried about the future of Marvel. Mm. We will see. What do you think, George? Go on, I can see you're ready to say something. 
No, I was just thinking then. Um, yeah, I think we just have to wait and see. If they can do like a streamlined kind of like, I don't know, story, like if they can kind of just hone it right back. If it's Kang that they're foc focusing on, every film's just got to be about Kang in some way, shape or form. Just yeah, bring it right series. back. I don't want to know anything about Agatha or this one or Iron Heart. I don't give a toss. Let's just have one story for like a year. That's fine. That's what we want. That we want that su suspense and that build up, and we want that kick-ass last film where someone kills Kang, and it's like, yeah, amazing, cool, and yeah, and then we'll all go home and I don't know. Isn't it? You are you are a sexist pig, sir. Agatha yeah. and Ironheart, two more women that he's brought up. Oh, Bloody I know. Shocking. Honestly. Shocking. <laughs> What's he like? What's he like? Um, yeah, I feel like they just need to bring it all together. That's one of the major criticisms. They need to bring it all together. Like phase one, two, and three was all heading towards one thing. They need to do it again. Yeah. You know, and with the series. I think it's fine to have the series having a separate storyline as long as you don't suddenly go and she hulks in the Avengers and you're like, well, what, how? How is that now linked to the main story? They need to decide what they're going to do or if it's all one thing, I think. Um, Just make it because clear I... to the audience. People, people are a bit dim. I'm dim. They need to make it obvious that this has nothing to do with the main story. Any, any series or anything. Just keep it over there. And the main story is over here, you know? Oh, we need to get George into Marvel. Replace Kevin Feige with GT. Honestly, I've got so many ideas. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I just, I really, we, I think it's fair to say we all hope that Marvel recover their best form sooner rather than later. Um, but things recently have not been very good. But let us know your thoughts in the comments. Like, share, subscribe on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you get your podcasts from, wherever you watch your YouTube videos. We will be back next week. We apologise for going long, but hopefully this has been a really good insight into our thoughts in the MCU. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Alistair and George, and we will see you soon.